solo mente. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into today's episode of Wild Out Hump Day edition of the Locked On Texas Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making the Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Hashtag listen. We are free and on all of the major podcasting platforms, now including YouTube. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, like, and comment. I'm Johnson, Sports Guy Hickman. And of course, to my side right over there. Cody Davis is in today's show. We got a guest on, but I'm going to go ahead and let Cody give the rundown for what we got to talk about for the Texans. <laughs> yes, sir. And as always, we have a big show for you guys today. On today's episode of Locked On Texans, we will be joined by, I guess I could call him a friend of the show now, Mr. Aaron Wilson, NFL insider and Texans beat reporter for Sports Talk 790. We're going to talk about everything that's going on with the Texans and kind of get his thoughts on where the Houston stands as we enter their week six match against the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday. But ladies and gentlemen, look, (laughs) it seems like every week we're coming on this show talking Hmm. about some crazy rumors regarding the Texans. And on yesterday, it was reported from Jeremy Flowers of ESPN that the Houston Texans are interested in taking phone calls on Lonnie Johnson Jr. Um, They have interest in making some type of deal in hopes of getting assets back for their safety. Of course, Lonnie Johnson with two interceptions on the season. He is having by far his best season of his career. John, I'm a little bit conflicted on how to feel about these rumors regarding Lonnie Johnson because first and foremost, the rumors that teams are calling the Texans about Johnson isn't new information because that is something that we have been hearing um, way before the season even started. But at the same time, I kind of feel like if the Texans do depart from Johnson, it wouldn't be that much of a bad thing because when you take a look at the Houston Texans, and let me be the first one to say I am a big fan of Lonnie Johnson, and I'm loving the career season that he is having so far. But on the flip side of things, I'm looking at it from the Houston Texans side of things, and I'm thinking to myself, Lonnie Johnson, like several other names that we have been talking about throughout the last couple of weeks, he has trade value to his name right now and you take a look at the Houston Texans no one knows what the future has in store for this organization and it's a little bit unfortunate but it might be in the Texans best interest to depart from a player like Lonnie Johnson in hopes of bringing back um let's say a young talented player or some draft capital for their rebuild because John that's one of the things you always talk about every talk to- every time we talk about the rebuild of the Houston Texans ever since Nick Casario came in you always talk about that Nick Casario is a general manager who wants to build this team in his image and when you take a look at the guys that Bill O'Brien had brought in and gave these crazy contracts to Nick Casario ever since he has taken over the job has did nothing but clean house now with the rumors of Lonnie Johnson, you know, we yesterday we talked about the possibility of them moving on from Charles Minihu. Last week we talked about the possibility of them moving on from Zach Cunningham. Now we are starting to see real promising players that we thought was going to be a part of this organization long term. They're going to be departing sooner rather than later. 
I don't like the idea of moving on from Lonnie Johnson, listeners and viewers, uh, simply because you still have him on his rookie deal. He's only going to make about $1.4 to $5 million next year, and that will also give you an opportunity to pick up his fifth-year option. He's progressing uh, up right now. He's progressing up in a, in a positive way, two interceptions and back-to-back weeks. As you mentioned, Cody could have had, had two against the Patriots, but just to read, even mentioned that he kind of slapped one out, that pass deflection. That was going to go right to Lonnie Johnson's hand. All he had to do was catch and run the opposite way. On top of that, in five games this year, he's only allowed 133 yards. Okay, And so I'm looking at him as a player who's finally getting comfortable at that safety position. I'm looking at him as a player that's finally getting comfortable with the coaching staff and them entrusting him. You know, from year one to now, his playing percentage-wise has been going up. Last year, he played a little bit more due to the injury of Justin Reed, so he stepped up. But this year kind of started off a little bit weird. They went ahead and went on, went on with Eric Murray in the last couple of weeks, especially since Reed returned. Uh, we haven't seen that much of Eric Murray. That Eric, you know, Eric Murray and Lonnie Johnson shared the field when Eric, when Justin Reed was out, rather. And so I'm looking at him as a player that you know you're right. I have said on countless occasions that Nick Sirio is going to build this team in the image of what he wants. Now the question is. Okay, what is the image that you want for this team? And if it's if it's getting low end uh, players, you know those low risk, high reward type of players, well, Lonnie Johnson fits that. He's going to be cheap for the next couple of years. If it's getting a player that's going to come in, learn, and be progressive and be smart and learn how to play football in the image of what you want of, of the I'm sorry, the image of what your coaching staff wants. Well, he fits that box as well. He's checked it off. He's got it better. And I would say that this is one of those players, unlike a Shaq Lawson, uh, unlike on the flip side of what we've seen from maybe Anthony Miller, this is one of those players, even Zach Cunningham, this is one of those players that I feel like as a defensive coach, somebody in that room needs to vouch for him and that young man. He's already been through a lot in his young rookie career, got drafted by the Houston Texans, uh, by Bill O'Brien, and he had no clue about what he wanted to do in his first year with his corner safety. Then last year they moved him over to safety full time, but even still, he was hindered by Anthony Weaver, who had no business being a defensive coordinator. Now in year three, third time to charm, he's gotten much better, and he's continuously getting better. His cover skill has continuously gotten better, and I think overall him fitting in this four three. Tampa two defense, his own two cover two defense has fit what he can do at safety. And so, yes, make the roster what you want. Okay. With that being said, why would you move on from him? Even though he has trade value, he has value for your team, but yet and still, we're still seeing Philip Lindsay run on Sundays. We're still seeing Rex Burkhead take snaps, right? Uh, We're still seeing, some of the players that you brought in, like an Andre Roberts, who hasn't really contributed in no possible way, shape, form, or possible uh, in, in, in the five games of this, this year, but they're still around. I'm, I'm okay if you're building what you want to build. I get that. This is year one, the foundation year to build maybe a, a franchise house or whatever you want to call it. But you still, when you're going through that process, of building, you still look around and see what can you keep that the previous owner or whoever resided in that place before you had around. 
And he's made a case, just like we talked about with Davis Mills, who made a case that for the next couple of games, he should be the starting quarterback. Lonnie Johnson has made the case that he should be stuck around at least to the end of this season, give him a fair shot, really give him a due, his due diligence in evaluating what he can do for this team. I'm against it. I can see this being something that actually happens. I'm curious to see what his trade value is. But I don't like the idea of it. And I've been I've been critical of, of Tweet Through It, is what I call him. I've been critical of him in the past, but I can see progression in his game. Whether it's small or large, he has gotten better over this the last couple of weeks of this NFL season. And I 100% agree with you. And that's why I say I'm conflicted because on one end, I would hate to see Lonnie Johnson go to another team and start to reach his potential um, because I think the Lonnie Johnson that we are seeing through these first, well, I think he only played three games so far, maybe four, because I know he missed the season opener. But the Lonnie Johnson that we are seeing this year, I think he's just starting to sniff how good he could be. And he still has a long road ahead of him. By the way, I do want to mention that Houston Texans still have value in Johnson. So I'm pretty sure the only way the Texans move on from Johnson is if they get a big package in return that they cannot deny. And I will look before we move on because we do have Aaron Wilson. on. I will look at the prime suspect of somebody who needs a safety. That team up in Kansas City, they are about hmm. done with Daniel Sorsen. <laughs> uh, the fans, are uh, they started a GoFundMe account to pay off his contract so he can get up out of town, man. And we've seen the, the pictures, the steel shots in the video of those big plays that he's allowed with Tyron Matthew, Honey Badgers, just sitting there like, what are you doing? So they could be a, a real uh, contender in the Lonnie Johnson sweepstakes. And before we continue with this Wednesday installment of Locked On Texans, I do want to shout out our team right here in the city of Houston, the Houston Astros, as they have advanced to the ALCS for the fifth consecutive season as they prepare to take on the Boston Red Sox. And ladies and gentlemen, as you sit here and enjoy this latest installment of Locked On Texans, please be sure to go check out our guys, the other good duo over on the Locked On Podcast Network, repping the city of Houston, and Brett Chancey and Eric Heisman. Please be sure to go check them out over at Locked On Astros today. Hey, Houston Texans, Rockets, and Astros fans. You know, we drive a lot down here in the city of Houston. We not like them boys up in New York like the Yankees and the Brooklyn Nets, who got a lot going on with their organization right now. We drive a lot, and I'm here to tell you about an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are making up to $0.25 cent for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. So just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN for NFL, baseball for MLB, or hockey for NHL, and get a bonus $0.25 cent per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to 50 cent cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Again, just download the app for free and use promo code touchdown for NFL, baseball for MLB, or hockey for NHL. Welcome back to today's episode of the Locked On Texans podcast, now featured on YouTube. Thanks for making the Locked On Texans podcast your first listen every day. Again, we are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. 
Yes, sir. And as promised, we have, I'm going to just go ahead and say our friend and maybe brother of Locked On Texans, Mr. Aaron Wilson, NFL insider and Texans beat reporter for Sports Talk 790. Aaron, what's going on, my man? And welcome back to Locked On Texans. Hey, guys. Thanks for the warm welcome. I appreciate it, man. This is great. Thank you. Uh, Awesome. Sounds good, my man. Hey, Aaron, really quick. Let's jump right into it. You heard the rumors. Lonnie Johnson apparently is being shopped around the lead by the Houston Texans. Is there anything you can share regarding these rumors and whether or not they're true or not? Right. Yeah, I can shed some light on that. The Texans did draw some inquiries back at the start of this season about Lonnie Johnson, and it was very preliminary interest. And I don't know which team it was that checked in about him. And a lot of teams do that. They periodically call around to see. At that time, remember, he was not in the starting lineup. And, you know, it wasn't a situation where when I think about trades and I I look at it very simply, are the teams in the trade discussion or did someone make one phone call? One phone call isn't very interesting. Those calls are made routinely all the time. And the answer was, no, he's not available. Okay. He's not currently available either. And what I would say for Lonnie is, can that change? Of course, it can change. But right now, a trade is not brewing, happening, imminent, developing, or even being discussed. Can that change? Yes, of course. But right now, I would just say, and a lot of this gets you know put out by, you know, I don't want to give any free pub to someone that just threw out. If you were to read that article, I, I don't remember. I didn't count. I'm guessing, were there 10 or 20 players in trade rumors? Am I right? Close? Somewhere? Double figures, right? Yes, right. sir. <laughs> Do you guys think that there will be 10 trades before November 2nd? Yes no. or no? Not likely. No. How many trades are we thinking? Five? Maybe five. The, five. Like the average is always like five, somewhere around that number. Okay. Yeah, a couple of trades. So to think that the Texans – that they're going to have some kind of fire sale and they're going to trade, let's say, Lonnie Johnson, Charles O'Menahu, Deshaun Watson. It's laughable. They might wind up making no trade. That wouldn't surprise me at all. The most shocking trade would be for Deshaun Watson to be traded. My understanding is that is not happening because they're not getting the value that they want and there's still the uncertainty of his legal situation. But, yeah, I, I can definitely put a little water, pour a little cold water on the Lonnie Johnson rumors. I will say this, though. Lineups can change from week to week, and you can see a player one week, and they might not be out there the next. And that has already happened with this team. And I would just say, not reporting anything, look at any position, and there could be changes. So when you, I wouldn't also go off of everything that a player does on social. I would say sometimes the lyrics – and things like that don't mean anything, and sometimes they do. I would just say don't believe everything, don't believe the hype, because some of the stuff is hype, and some of it is simply if something changes with the player, with their playing time, what do you think they're going to be? They won't be happy. So, you know, our players, you know, no one wants to sit on the bench. These guys have a lot of pride. They want to play. Charles Omena, who, yeah, that wasn't a big surprise. He, he's not happy to be inactive. 
But did he show up? Did he go to the game? Yes, he did. He attended the game. He was there, and he was inactive. And Jordan Jenkins played pretty good. Charles could be up this week or not. But they're going to change things from week to week. And some of that is an evaluation of their own personnel. And at one and four, there are very few guys that are a lock. And even though, you know, David Cully talked about, well, this is the defense, that can change. One guy I would tell you is a lock is John Grenard. They love what John Grenard's doing, and he's making a lot of plays. But overall, I mean, the team, you know, they let that one get away. Davis Mills went from a terrible game in Buffalo to an encouraging game. Uh, I saw Davis earlier at a charity event at Provision Academy. They had a Play 60 event along with the other rookies, so talked with him, talked with Roy Lopez. Uh, he completed some passes to some youngsters. Uh, looked pretty good throwing those passes too. And he's in a good mindset coming off of a big game, and we'll see what he can do to build on that against the Colts. But they're going to need that kind of performance from him again to be in the mix and have a chance to win the game. They should have won that last game. That was the one that got away. I want to ask you a question because you mentioned how Houston could just week by week change their lineup. Do you think or do you have any information on whether or not the Texans value playing time for other players over, uh, for instance, a, a player like Omenahu? Do, do, do they have a player right. that they really want to get on the field? When In the case of Omenahu with Jordan Jenkins, who they signed to a fairly hefty contract, it's two years, six million base value with a max value of eight million. He would have to hit a crazy amount of incentives to make the eight. For Jordan, he didn't play very well at the start of the season, but they thought that he'd handled that situation well and deserved another chance. So they gave him a chance, you know, and he did deliver a tackle for a loss, quarterback hit, and four tackles. So he had a very, I would call at least a C plus type of football game performance, and yet it can change. I would say for Omenahu, one week before that, he did miss the sack on Josh Allen, so he had a chance to make a play and he didn't finish. A lot of guys don't finish against Josh Allen. He's one of the most elusive quarterbacks in the game. But, you know, when you have those opportunities, when you get a chance, you need to finish the play and you need to make it happen, and he didn't. And – they felt like Jenkins, you know, needed to play. One thing with Charles, and I thought it was very interesting, what they said about him, Lovey Smith, last Thursday, that they were still trying to figure out is he better inside or outside, which says to me they didn't see him as a classic four-three type of defensive end because he's a larger, taller player. So is he an inside guy? Should he be at the three technique, or should he be playing outside? And they want smaller defensive ends. So in their actions and in their words, what have they shown? The two most athletic defensive ends and smallest defensive ends on the roster in John Grenard and, J and Jacob Martin, those are the two guys. This week, the limited time cookie dough chunk is back. That's the limited time flavor, but you know Bill Bar has nine delicious flavors, including coconut, coconut, almond, raspberry, mint, brownie, peanut butter brownie, salted caramel, and double chocolate. It's something for everyone. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box, and you'll try, well, you'll get, rather, two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Bill Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy, too. 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, 
Only four grams of sugar and net carbs. Guys, you cannot beat that. Okay? Go to billboard.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at billboard.com. And I also want to transition and tell you guys about a way you can make some extra money during this football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Locked on Texans fans, thank you for making the Locked on Texans your first listen every single day. We cannot wait to dive into the discussion about the Indianapolis Colts who let a game slip away from them against the Baltimore Ravens. Now make your second listen to Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available on all platforms. We are joined by Aaron Wilson of Sports Talk of 790. Aaron, the Houston Texans, as you mentioned in the last segment, they let a game get away from them where Davis Mills was not only the best rookie quarterback on the field Sunday, but was the best rookie quarterback in the entire league. Now they go up against a wonderful Indianapolis Colts in the same position that they're in record-wise, and they're missing some players as well. What can Houston do to secure a win on Sunday? Right. Yeah. What we've seen from now about the Texans, we've learned through five games that they can't effectively run the football. I thought at least the attempt to run the ball did benefit the passing game in the sense of being stubborn with it and making them at least respect that you are going to try to run. And Mark Ingram, you know, he'll break a few tackles and break a few eggs, uh, if you will, uh, in terms of running into the line or running into somebody. And, you know, you're going to feel it. He might not get a ton of yards, but you will. You have to account for him. He's his physical presence. A three-yard run is not exciting. I understand that, but it's necessary, and it does set things up. They weren't that fancy with the passing game, but Davis was able to, you know, throw on the run. The play to Chris Moore was, you know, outstanding. A great effort by Chris, and that's why Chris was promoted from the practice squad to the active roster. He earned that. You know, that's one thing I think about with the Texans. It's got to be a meritocracy. Did you earn your roster spot? Yeah, he earned his spot. He was good enough to be on the team, special teams-wise, and a wide receiver. Danny Amendola being down last week, they really needed him, and he got elevated from the practice squad, and then he elevated over defenders, good defenders, J.C. Jackson, Devin McCourty. To beat them, they need more guys to make plays like that, and Bill Belichick obviously took away Brandon Cooks, they weren't even playing the play. They were just following Cooks everywhere. If you looked at Devin McCourty, most of the time he was in the hip pocket of Brandon Cooks, following his former teammate everywhere. I don't know if the Colts will do the same type of marksmanship that they did with him where they're all over the guy and just marking him all over the field. What I would expect, thinking about the Colts and this matchup, is you're not going to really run on them, obviously, with this physical linebacker that they have and Darius Leonard. What I think they're going to have to do, they're going to still have to attempt to run. They're not going to throw the tight ends that much. They've shown us that, that the tight ends are basically blockers. 
So it's a wide receiver quarterback game, and you're only going to win if you win those matchups, and then you can't be this bad on special teams. I can't imagine Kaimi Fairburn missing inside um, again after missing. I think he had rust. He's always been consistent from under 40 yards. I think they put him in a bad position having him kick the 56-yarder after he obviously was uncomfortable on the extra points. He can do better than that. That's why he's one of the highest-paid kickers in the NFL. That's why you stick with him. You let him kick his way out of this slump. Uh, this slump. But if they continue to have these problems on special teams, you're not going to beat anybody. And I think – and again, I don't think they share my opinion, obviously. I just don't see the Andre Roberts thing. I think Andre, we're not seeing the playmaking from him that he even had a year ago. It's like he's hit the wall. He was in the Pro Bowl last season with Buffalo. He made the Pro Bowl each of the last three years for returns. Where are the plays? In my opinion, though, they can move the football. Whether or not Danny Amendola is at full strength or up, they've got enough receivers for Davis to throw to. But they're going to watch this tape, and they're going to think about what can we do to figure out Davis Mills. And so we're going to see what Matt Eberflus, who interviewed for this job, that went to David Culley, what does he have up his sleeve? And obviously he didn't have a lot of answers for the Ravens passing game and Lamar Jackson, who threw darts all over the field Monday night and led that comeback victory, which was an exciting finish. Uh, but the Colts still – the fact that they were able to jump on that lead, that's impressive. And Jonathan Taylor's a good running back. Have the Texans really seen a guy of his caliber other than, you know, when they played Nick Chubb? No. But this guy is going to be tough to stop. And I think they're going to need a lot of Zach Cunningham, whose playing time has been reduced. But I think he could help them on first and second downs. They have decent linebacker play between him, Kamu Gruger-Hill, and Christian Kirksey. Gruger-Hill is actually second most off-the-ball linebacker tackle for losses this year with five. He leads the team. So he's playing very well. They're going to need a lot of that. And as David Culley has pretty much said, he doesn't say we have to play perfect, but he pretty much all but says we can't make any mistakes and win football games. They've got to stop the penalties. And bad penalties like Malik Collins hitting the guy in the chin, that can't keep happening. If it does keep happening, guess what? You have to think about putting other guys in. Won't be playing as as we're seeing. And we don't know yet if Ross Blacklock, he's back in the building. We don't know if he's going to be activated from the COVID list. He's on the reserve COVID list. I think he's tested negative at this point, and his health is improving. But generally what they've been doing with guys when they have COVID, they need about a week of practice before they feel comfortable letting them actually play. Mm. So I wouldn't be surprised if Ross is very close to activation. One thing we haven't talked about yet is Laramie Tunsil. So, yeah, I'm sure you guys have some some questions on his status too. Oh, yeah, we do have some questions about Laramie's tonsil. But before talking about tonsil, um, you mentioned David Culley's name a couple times. And, Aaron, I want to ask you, just through the first five games of the regular season, what has been your evaluation of the Houston Texans head coach, especially considering the fact that in four of the last five games, there have been several times where he has taken – he has made the wrong decisions and – 
the following week, as you and I sit there on in the press conference, he's talking about he should have took this penalty. This was the bad play. You know, he regret doing this. Just what has been your evaluation of Cully so far? Well, I would say this. He is a rookie coach at every level. So he's never had coached high school, college, or at this level been the head coach. As he said, you know, these decisions now are his. Decisions are also made collaboratively with the information he's provided. But he is the guy that's going to be out there to take the bullets. I would say that decisions, you don't see a lot of other people raising their hand and saying, hey, no, that was me. And it can't work that way. It's always got to be a Texans decision, a David Cully decision, because David is the head coach. He's the boss on the field. Nick Casario is the boss when it comes to roster moves and the salary cap and all these other areas of the team. But my take on him is still learning on the job about how to be a head coach. And that involves everything. What things have he done well? Messaging, motivation, organization, getting them to play hard, uh, positive demeanor with the media, representing the organization well, you know, in public speaking situations with fans, a warmer, friendlier environment than Bill O'Brien, obviously. It hasn't translated to victories yet, but I wonder who could win with this team as constructed. Before we get out of here, Aaron, I do want to ask you, as you alluded to a little bit ago, can you give us an update on the status of Laramie Tunsil at this time? Yes, Laramie Tunsil, according to sources, needs to have thumb surgery, needs to repair the UCL part of his thumb. That's the middle part of the thumb right there. And that's what he injured in his left hand. My hands are a lot smaller than Laramie's. LT, uh, <laughs> big man with a, a big heart, and he tried to play and he couldn't. And I think, you know, as I've reported, he would love to try to play through it. And he'll attempt to. Whether that happens is a fluid situation, I would say. So there are some scenarios where surgery could be had sooner rather than later, and that would mean injury reserve. The recovery time for this type of surgery is fast, a month. Whether it would make sense for him, given the record of the team, to come back also remains to be seen. But what I would be mildly surprised by is if he winds up and if the organization and him collectively make a decision – that it makes sense for him to club it up, club up the thumb, the hand, and play. And I don't ex- anticipate that. But that decision is still being contemplated. And, you know, we'll, I think we'll know within the next 24 to 48 hours what decision is going to be made. But I would just say there are scenarios, very viable scenarios, where a surgery could happen sooner rather than later. And that's why, you know, when I reported on this, I noted that he would attempt to play through it. And so we're going to see plans in the NFL can change very fast. So especially with a player as valuable as Laramie Tunsil, you want to do everything possible to make sure that his health is of the most paramount concern. And then you go forward and you decide, you know, what's the best decision for him, best decision for the football team. And I think that's being formulated still in the next uh, day or two.
Aaron Wilson of Sports Talk 790, thank you for joining the Locked On Texans podcast. Really quick before we leave out, please let our viewers and listeners at home in the car, wherever they are, know where they can find all of your amazing work and where they can follow you on Twitter as well. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm at sportstalk790.com and I am on social media at Aaron Wilson underscore NFL. And Instagram at Aaron Wilson seventy one twenty eight. I've got the blue check on Instagram. I got go. up my, my buddy Ed Wazalewski. He represents Antonio Brown, so he submitted me and AB, and I got the check. And I had the check on Twitter when I was at the Baltimore Sun, and then when I changed my name, I lost my blue check. Now I'd like to have it back, Twitter. If you're out there listening, let me give my check back. All I did was change my <laughs> Twitter handle. I'm, you know, I've had people same guy. tell me, like, this guy's not verified. I don't know if we can trust his <laughs> info. Uh, hopefully after 20 years you can trust my info. But, yeah, I'd like to have my little check back. Yeah, if Twitter, if you're out there, Twitter support, I put in my application. I'm still waiting. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. And that's going to conclude another installment of Locked On Texans. As always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. And you know it's me, some sports guy, John, some sports guy. You can follow me on Twitter at some sports guy. So take time out to follow the Locked On Texans Twitter page at Locked On Texans. Take those same two thumbs, slide over to YouTube, subscribe, like, and comment. Uh, YouTube and Locked On Texans as well. We will be back tomorrow with more Texans talk. Can't wait to see you. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.